Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Ex Nihilo with Father Martin Wen and Steve Bucklin, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Steve Buckland, along with... Father Martin, your co-host for all the time, I think. I'm confused. The order is all turnover, Steve. Yep, see, I can't when, I, when I start this up, everything gets topsy-turvy, so I guess we'll never do that again. Uh, I, I just can't deal with changes. Well, we're back along with WeCat, who's at the controls. He counted us down efficiently this time. Uh, yes, this time he did not done in mess one up. Normally it takes seven or eight takes for us to even get going, <laughs> which is uh, pretty bad, but what can you say? But so. folks, it is always good to be with you, and before I head off to vacation land, we thought we would touch a really, really hot button issue right now. But before we do that, I just okay. want to say one thing. I hope you guys really appreciated our guest last week, uh, Miss Carol Bernardi, who was kind enough to come down and join us, the she was Chief amazing. Operating Officer and Chancellor. First thing she had to do is correct you. I Does know. that shock anybody? No, no, it doesn't. Really. It isn't correct. It no. doesn't shock me. So, <laughs> and if you and if you're listening we to this, begin, I'd like to correct Father Martin. Like here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and if you listen to this podcast, that means I have not been fired. That's right. Oh, that's he's still here. Thing. Yep, exactly. Now whether or not he's going to be back after his vacation, it's hard to say. So. <laughs> But all that being said, recently the Vatican issued a document on the um, the reception of Holy Communion. Not just a document. It was a motu proprio. Oh, that's right. Is it? Yeah. I haven't read it. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so yeah. for anyone who wonder what that Latin term is, it's translated of my own will. That is um, a law given by the supreme lawmaker of the church, that is the Pope. Right. In regard to uh, gluten-free hosts. Gluten-free hosts. And yep. it has caused some consternations and angst and unnecessary stress over these past few weeks. So we thought we would tackle the issue and make things worse. Exactly. Because that's what we do. We jump in and we try to help you guys understand things in a really convoluted and unclear way. So here we go. <laughs> so I think really to get things started, we need to kind of set the table and talk a little bit about um, so that you can kind of arrive at the right place, uh, the sacrament of Holy Communion, the Eucharist. Um, so with with all of our sacraments, the sacraments belong to the church, um, and the church is the keeper of the sacraments. They were given to the church by Jesus. And in the case of Holy Communion, as with all the other sacraments, each sacrament has its own matter and form. Correct. Um, and that is really, if you kind of think it, you're trying to break things down um, in a physical sense, not a theological one, but in a physical sense, each one has its own properties. So baptism is probably the easiest one that would pop in your head. The f- the matter or the stuff we use in baptism would be water. water. Exactly. And the formula we can the Trinitarian formula. The Trinitarian formula, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So you're baptized with water in the Trinitarian formula. That is a valid sacramental. So baptism. if your grandmother tried to baptize you with iced tea, it was not valid. There's that water not- in there. <laughs> but not enough water. <laughs> Do we Which really? Actually, you know, strangely, we can You bring up a good point. That's true. Because while there is water in it, it is not only water. Correct. So in this case, what we're looking for is just water. And so remember that because that's going to play an important role down the line when we get into the matter of Holy Communion. So Correct. Uh, normally. 
And so, uh, governing by the law of the church... Uh, but wait. Okay. okay. Here's your quiz question. Are you ready? All right, go for okay. it. Okay. Now, the Last Supper. So, when Jesus and the apostles were settled down for the Last Supper, of course, they didn't know it was sure. the Last Supper, even though we've been telling them, this is going to be it, folks. Uh, they were like, we don't really know what he means. Um, they were celebrating what meal? The Passover meal. The Passover meal. And where do we get the Passover meal from? The Jewish tradition. Exactly. And so, what were we passing over from? What are you talking about? What were we celebrating? I mean, Passover. Oh, the, the, the passing that? over of the angel in, in Egypt. So it's the lamb of sacrifice. Exactly. Uh, the, and, and the question that uh, that Moses mentioned in the book of, uh, in the Torah is, what are we celebrating this night? And then you will tell your children that the Lord has delivered us from the, uh, the Egyptians. Exactly. And at that Passover meal, Jesus broke bread. Correct. Right. And the tradition, unleavened, unleavened, unleavened bread, bread, because the Jewish tradition was they had, it was the feast of unleavened bread. And unleavened bread is simply wheat, wheat, wheat and water. water and flour. That's it. No yeast. Yep. That's yep. why it doesn't rise. Interestingly, the Eastern church, not to distract us from anything. Oh, but... good. Here we go. <laughs> Left turn, folks. Ready? But in the Eastern church, they, they use risen uh, bread. Yep. They use leavened bread. Uh, leaven, leaven. leaven. Uh, because uh, it's a symbol of the resurrection. Yep. The rising of the bread. The well, rising of the but, bread. But, but the Hebrews in, did not. In, in our tradition, in our Roman Catholic tradition, we carry on the tradition from uh, the Jewish practice and kept the bread as unleavened. Unleavened bread. And he served them glasses, not of grape juice. It's wine. Wine. Effervescent grape juice. It wasn't effervescent grape juice. <laughs> Close. No, it wasn't. No. That's a big it was, word. It was actually wine. And the important thing here is uh, it has to be wine from grapes. Correct. It cannot be wine from strawberries or dandelions or honeysuckle or any other kind of, of substance. It must be unleavened wheat and water, and the wine must be wine made from grapes. So for the two people who asked me if Irish whiskey was going to work, it won't. Right, exactly. <laughs> Irish whiskey's off. Beer is sadly off. And so in order for the discipline of the sacraments to be protected and unified throughout the whole church, in the Code of Canon Law, we have uh, the church has mandated that uh, the matter of the sacraments of Eucharist would be unleavened bread, wheat, right. and uh, wine from the grapes. Uh, and canon law even went as far as specifying that there cannot be any foreign substance in the in wine. the flour right. and in the wine, and the wine has to be ten percent alcohol at least. Yeah, at least. And foreign substances that would be sometimes if you cruise into your local uh, wine store, your local vintner, uh, you can find wines that are fortified or flavored with things like elderberries and such to make it more sweet or something like that. So when Father mentions no foreign substances, that's that's what it is. Not like dust or something. Last time I went to the wine store to get wine to celebrate mass mm -hmm. it took me 20 minutes to actually try to find a, a, a bottle of wine Why that just has get a good cabernet <laughs> like i know much about wine you just go to the one that says cabernet <laughs> <laughs> but um some people have spinned this document that the holy father just issued uh out of really proportion and and uh, go as far as um saying that the church is being unreasonable to people who are uh, intolerant to uh, 
to wheat gluten. is it gluten. Gluten. gluten yep gluten intolerance yep uh, so if if there's there's really two kind of two buckets of two buckets for because it seems very simple right we well, we laid everything out it's a very simple formula it's been the formula um, going back thousands of correct. years correct even from the very beginning exactly. of the church and so and yet and the big the big hubbub has to do with um, if you're gluten intolerant of which there are many that's become actually something that's become more and more uh, prevalent in society over the last 50 years. Another topic for another podcast. Which uh, really, I, I find it fascinating, though. What is the cause of that disease? Well, there. Are, I mean, the, no one's really sure. Okay. So there are a lot of theories about the way wheat is, is processed now. Okay. Um, there are a lot of theories about um, the way that it's harvested. I mean, no, but but they, you know, and everyone will be like, "Oh, you're crazy." But the answer is nobody really knows. What we do know is the incidence of gluten intolerance has has, has gone up some crazy a number lot. in the last fifty years. Like if you that were interesting if you were because alive I don't maybe think... 80, 90 years ago, it was very very rare. I don't think I've see. ever come across a case when I was in Vietnam. I mean, no, maybe no. We, we just but never you don't detected eat wheat it like that. So it's it's the processed. You know, blame it on you want to blame it on blame it on white bread. Uh-huh. You know, and and white noodles and all basically all the things that have processed flour in them. So okay, but going back to the essential question. Yeah. So why are the gluten intolerant people upset? Can't you have gluten free hosts? Now, if you go to the Episcopal Church, they have gluten free uh, hosts. Um, there are some Catholic churches that offer gluten free hosts. But even in those in- instances, I think they have to be at least a bit. There has to be. Well, there's supposed to be. See, this is where this is why Pope Francis had to issue the document, is because there were people who were producing, you know, rice hosts. Um, so basically, just rice crackers. Basically, like a rice cracker. Um, and and so, in order to follow the tradition, there has to be for it to be wheat. There has to be some element of gluten in it. Sure. Uh, and so, it, it, when a law is made, that means there was an abuse. Yeah, and so and unfortunately, it has to be led to this point. But that being said, all the question about okay, how 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 much gluten can there be in a host? The question is, if you can't receive from the host, does right. that mean you can't receive communion? If you uh, if you can't receive from the host from a church, does that mean that church doesn't welcome you? Right. Uh, that's the the main issue that seemed to be like the heart. Uh, well, that's what's been brought to the right forefront. Um, right. And I think, you know, the stories here, well, first of all, we need to clear up something right out of the gate. So the church teaching is very clear. You can crack open the catechism. Uh, I don't know the exact chapter number off the top of my head. Um, but it, it states very clearly in the catechism that even the, the tiniest fragment of, of the body or the smallest drop of the host or the smallest drop of the host contain all of Jesus. Divinity. Correct. So that you're not missing out. So if, if you're not gluten intolerant, maybe you come to Mass on Christmas Eve and the, the priest or the deacon or the extraordinary minister, you see them up there breaking hosts in quarters and you're like, I'm only getting a quarter of Jesus. This isn't the Christmas I dreamed of. Um, know that that's not the case, that even the smallest fragment. And conversely, when you're going to receive from the chalice and there isn't much uh, precious blood left in the chalice, it, the tiniest drop. So either or will suffice. So right. in, interestingly, I just got a text from a, uh, a young man last Sunday, and his question was, "Do I have to receive from the cup for for it to in order for it to be valid communion?" I said, right. "No, you don't. 
you you all you need to receive is one of the elements one of the species only the celebrant the priest and the concelebrants have to receive from both species because it complete the sacrifice right but for us you know those the people who sit in the pews when you receive just the host you receive the full Jesus body, blood, soul, and divinity. Right. And if you're in, unable to receive from the host and just take a sip from the uh, the precious blood, you receive the entire Jesus as well, body, soul, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And so, um, uh, the suggestion is, you know, if you reaching the point of really allergic and in, entirely intolerant to uh, gluten. Then, if you come and receive from the cup, that's absolutely fine. Exactly, and the issue is is really around because, and this will probably surprise uh, a lot of a lot of our ten listeners. Nine out of our ten listeners will be shocked to hear this, but not every church offers communion under both species. So mm-hmm. you say, oh well, you just go receive from the chalice, like that's easy. There are many parishes, particularly in other parts of the world, um, where there is only ever one species offered, mm-hmm. and it's usually the host. Um, you know, in, in, in poorer countries, it's because of the expense of wine. I mean, remember you telling me that uh, in Vietnam, the priest they, would receive the wine for the year, right? Right. They, they imported everything from Italy, and every year the priest, the diocese would send out a certain amount of wine that the priests have to use for a whole year. Right. Um, and that's why only the priests receive from the cup. Um, but uh, but here in the U.S., we're blessed. Right, very blessed to the majority of the churches really have communion under both species. And I just want to bring up uh, an example from St. James uh, itself. Uh, and most churches are pretty accommodating. When you when you tell the priest that I'm, I'm in, intolerant to gluten, uh, most this of the time... The priest is supposed to be. I mean, ultimately, folks, if you're one of those people who sits there and, 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 and you know, is having trouble... Um, you need to talk to your priest. You know, right. What, what Pope Francis is saying specifically to the priesthood through the bishops is that, you know, it's our job to accommodate people with, with needs like that. It's mm-hmm. something that, especially here in the U.S., um, we can. We have the ability to accommodate people, and we should do that. And you were going to bring up a great example. Sure. At St. James, we have a uh, extra minister of Holy Communion. And she is wonderful, but she is intolerant to gluten. And so every every Sunday, she would come up to the sanctuary. And we know, we know, so we only give her communion from the cup. And she would receive from the cup and then go and give communion to uh, the people as usual. And so it's just a question of uh, informing mm-hmm. the parish, informing your priest. Uh, and, and I highly doubt that the priest would come to any sort of being unreasonable and said, you know, you can't come to my church no more. Right. No. You can always come to the cathedral if that happens. Uh, yes. Father and Martin <laughs> and I will welcome you with open arms. <laughs> but uh, the church walks with you, and, and just because you're dealing with the, the challenges doesn't mean that we're going to throw you to the side. We will accompany you and, uh, and make accommodations. But unfortunately, I... And I might offend you by saying this, but some some people just look for an excuse. Yep. Look for an excuse and use it against the church. Uh, this example I'm bringing up might not connect at all with what we're talking about, but recently I got an email from someone who had just moved to Orlando, and she posed a question, I'm divorced, Can I? does that mean I can't receive communion? 
Hmm. And so I wrote back a Ooh, really nice a whole email. Nother whole nother podcast no, right no, there. Here we go. No, okay, no, we'll right. make it short. But hmm. I wrote back a really nice email and I said, uh, first of all, welcome. Welcome. I hope that your transition has been good. And secondly, even when you're civilly divorced, it does not mean that you cannot receive communion. Sure. Only when you civilly remarried. But even when you already did, it's easy to fix. So why don't we sit down and we, I can guide you through the whole annulment process. Sure. And so she wrote back and said, it's too expensive. And then I wrote back, no. It's uh, free. Pope Francis <laughs> has decreed the whole process is free. And she's like, it's too long and I don't want to contact my, 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 my ex. Uh, the church is just being unreasonable. And I can't believe that uh, Pope Francis is advocating for the church to be more welcoming. But somehow... Uh, I'm not being forgiven by this. I'm like, nobody is saying anything. You're resisting every single offer and accommodations we're offering mm. and then somehow use it against the fact and say that the church is being unreasonable. And, and so I can connect that to what we're talking right now. Sure. Uh, if you can't receive, if you're uh, gl uh, gluten intolerant, yep. then receive from the cup. If you have issue with uh, uh, the wine, then receive from the host. Um, it doesn't mean that you know we we don't make accommodations because of your own limitations. Right. By the way, folks, we're still working out. If you can't receive from the cup and you're gluten intolerant, we're working on that one. <laughs> we, <laughs> we had a brief discussion, but I think we need like experts in this matter. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna push that one up the flagpole and see what happens. So. Uh, but hopefully there aren't very many folks who fall into that last bucket. But you raise a good point. I mean, um, you know, the converse of what you mentioned about one of the ministers at St. James. We have another minister at St. James who, for medical reasons, health reasons, can't have any alcohol at all. Um, right. You know, it can be because you have liver issues or maybe you have past issues with alcohol consumption, you, you know. And, um, and again, you know, it's not a problem. Uh, for him, but it's it's about knowing, and then it's about being, as Father Martin mentioned, willing to work with the church. The church, um, in in almost every case, will be willing to work with you, but you have to be reasonable. There has to be some give and take, just just like with anything else. But the goal, and I think what Pope Francis is trying to say to to all of us, is that you know we have a very important tradition mm -hmm. um, that that spans back beyond uh, our Christian roots, back to our our Jewish brothers and sisters. Correct. Um, that is an important tradition. It's important uh, for us to keep that tradition. Um, it's important that we don't let relativism and kind of the, the whims of society overcome things that God has entrusted us with, the sacraments that Christ has entrusted to the church. Um, and it's a responsibility for everybody. Sure. And not just Father Martin, not just me, not just other pastors, um, but it's all of our responsibility to try to work towards that greater good. Sure. And Steve brought up a really important issue because what we do now is built on a long, long history. Because the Passover from the time of Moses, almost 2,000 years until the time of Christ, and, and from the time of Christ up until now, that's what we've been upholding for our, uh, our sacrifice to use uh, gluten or wheat host. Yep. Um, and the fact that there is a norm like this issue is so that the church remain unifying so that nothing in uh, in America is being celebrated and completely something different in some parts of Africa or 
Asia. Right. Uh, the church is one and unified, and our cult, our liturgy, our worship must be the example of that. Uh, and so that is, I think, the purpose of the Holy Father. When we see all these people going to different direction, the Holy Father is just reminding us that go back, go back to the root, go back to the source, and remember that we are one. Right. Yep. But we say it every time we're at Mass. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. Right. But uh, that being said, the, the, the challenges just remain the same. I mean, uh, we understand and sympathize with uh, the, the health issue of people who cannot tolerate wheat. And so just remember that your parish will be willing to, to work and accommodate you. We just don't want people to start showing up with their own version of host and tell the priest to consecrate it. Right. Because that's that not going to work. We can't do. Yeah. yeah. No, there are boundaries, and people people need to respect the boundaries and uh, and try to work together. And, you know, I think for the most part, everybody's fairly reasonable. But, you know, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, there's always one or two of you out there who's willing to cause a fuss. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, it's a good topic. And so... You know, I think just to kind of sum everything up, because we're running right up against our, our time, um, and we don't, we're trying very hard to be very disciplined and not ramble over. Um, but um, it's with so many things. Uh, the important thing to remember is that we come to receive the graces of Christ. You know, we don't come because we're owed. We don't come because we deserve. Mm-hmm. We don't come because uh, it's expected. We come humbly and with contrite hearts to ask God to receive us. Right. And we ask to receive him in the Eucharist. And it's important to remember our position as humble servants of God and to put God first. When we think about, you know, we come and we, we demand and we expect and, and we have all these insistences, are we really putting God first in that relationship or are, are we working um, for our own purposes? Sure. And that's that's hard to do. You know, it's, it's important to to remember that it's it's not about you. Right. Um, and, and and we hold nothing personally against anybody. No. But it's just a product of the culture. The culture, you know, me first and very demanding. <clears throat> and uh, But like you said earlier, and I just wrote an article for our bulletin on the reception of Holy Communion. And that's exactly the same phrase I, I put in my article. God doesn't owe us anything. Exactly. The sacraments, his body and blood, is a gift. And because it is a gift, it has to be treated as such. No one is entitled to anything. Uh, And so hopefully you found this um, little discussion helpful. Yep. Uh, Just recognize that why is the church so adamant about having the host being made of unleavened wheat? Because it is from the very long tradition dated back to the time of Moses. Uh, that we have carried over in our own Catholic tradition. And so um, I guess that's it. Yeah, well, before we wrap up, now the important question that we have to, uh, that everyone's been begging to know is, what are you doing for your vacation? The first three days on retreat, silence retreat. <laughs> really? I feel you like I've been, can, okay, I've been well, talking. Just so you know, <laughs> everyone can, uh, the wet board is opened up as to who thinks that Father Martin can actually go three days without speaking. Is actually, that, I've have gone you done through, that? I've gone through eight days. Eight days without Jeez. speaking? Uh-huh. I find that very hard to believe. Where? Were you alone? Uh, can anyone verify in Omaha, this? Omaha. It was a, oh, okay. an eight-day silent retreat. Wow. I might have spoken to the, the black uh, squirrel. Here we go. The black squirrel, black but I didn't squirrel. talk to anybody else. The black squirrel. 
Yeah, it says it was a black I thought it was scorp- a silent retreat. You can't be out there talking to the animals like Dr. Doolittle. You can't. Well, That's a no, silent but retreat. every day when I came to this spot to pray, this wow. black squirrel would come and sit next to me. Really? Yep. Every wow. day for eight days. Wow. Yep. And, and so- you broke the silent retreat to speak to the squirrel. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Gave it up for the squirrel. I am hey, not crazy. Hey. Okay, so after your three-day silent unwell. retreat, where are you going? The beach? I'm going to <laughs> visit Father Jonathan over at St. Pete's. Oh, so you are going And to I'm beach. going up nice. to Leesburg to visit Father Mark, who is uh, in the hospital. Whoa, no. And then I'll go to the beach. After. I hope he's going to be okay. Kidney stones. Oh, oh, <laughs> that's awful. Father Mark needs your prayers, folks. Trust me. And the <laughs> so, sonic... Can't they just? They don't have like a sonic gun. Can't they just Size shoot him with Mollinger? that and it breaks he all, open? He there? only has one kidney. Oh, so so we don't want to be shooting him with any <laughs> sonic guns. I get it. But in any event, thank you for listening and all the best. Happy vacation, Father. God bless. God bless. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Ex Nihilo with Father Martin Wen and Steve Buckland. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.